Well, Patrick, you were very gracious with your time and my stupid questions, so we really appreciate it. <laughs> you uh, could always edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we might have to. No, we'll leave it in just to embarrass him. Yeah. So, yeah. Dirty rules. <laughs>
a golf course or at least a couple years ago, even. And like in the pro shop, they have like a whole section of like Ricky Fowler clothes. I mean, like you just don't see that for any other player. He might, he might still get some Halloween run this year with this. Exactly. Little- you see the Halloween <laughs> costume. You see all the kids waiting for him. You see, even after he lost the other day, he goes out there and signs all the autographs. I mean, he's great for golf. There's no, he, he he's like the same as Lexi. They're like, I feel like mm. they're the same, same, same deal. Obviously they're. Yeah. She won a major at least, but she's, you know, I know. And she won this weekend too. I actually was going to get on her a little in in the grind this week because it's embarrassing how little she wins. I think she's, I actually think she's much more of a disappointment than Ricky because Ricky just, I mean, I think we all just overhyped him a little for whatever reason. Lexi hits the ball better than any other woman out there. At least, I mean, at least there are times where it's jokes. She hits it so far and yet she should dominate. And mm-hmm. the putting is just so bad that she has all those runner-up finishes. So anyway, I didn't want to talk about Lexi like, catching strays. Damn, catching strays. Not I the mean, first time. Not the first no, time. I mean, mm. She like be the last. When, you, when you watch her play, you're like, holy. It's she, she should yeah. win like every tournament, and she she hadn't won in three years or something until she won this whatever event she won, an let event. I mean, she's won one major. Probably should have won an Olympic, as we recall. Oh, yeah. oh my God, she killed us all in that one. That was brutal uh but yeah like ricky just never got to that level lexi was a phenom phenom yeah he wasn't she was a 12 year old phenom ricky was never never that exactly so it's not ricky's fault that he gets all this attention um and is a little overhyped it's not his fault what's he gonna do say don't don't write about me guys don't you know don't don't watch me don't come out and see me i mean he dry you know he's one of the most five popular golfers on the planet even when he when he's not playing well so He's great for the game. I, I hope he's back. It'd be, it'd be awesome. I still probably wouldn't be betting on him much, but uh, no, I, I hope he's back. That'd be, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, the, the tweet that CP mentioned, we do have to mention, it was just a, would you rather have five PGA tour wins like Ricky or win a major? And it took some heat because the picture they put because up. Because people are idiots. First of all, people are idiots. I agree. It wasn't saying, would you like people took it as, would you rather have Ricky Fowler's career or Michael Campbell's career that it was just, they happened to use a picture of Michael Campbell. Yes. You know, we'd have to ask our social. I think it's amazing because the engagement was through the roof. So I well, say maybe that's the genius not. plan. Maybe <laughs> yeah. that was all part of the genius yeah. plan. You use those pictures as the, light the Michael guy. Campbell stands riled up. And, and look, <laughs> I, the Michael camp, the, it's a little much. And we saw there was someone else, Kyle Porter tweeted about, um, that Ricky Fowler was ranked below some guy that we've never heard of. And yet someone, people got offended about that. And it was like, you literally cannot say anything these days. Yeah. But yeah, the Michael Campbell, people got, got fed up. Michael Campbell had a great response to it. He took it well. Um, you know, I get it. it. It is unfair because Michael Campbell was a, Michael Campbell was a great player for a few years and he won a bunch of European tour events. So like he, it's not like he only won one time. It's not right. like he came out of the blue and won a major. So it's a, it's, it's, it's just a weird question because like, you're never going to win one major without winning anything else. I don't think mm. that's possible. Um, but they were saying, obviously he never won a PJ tour event. He obviously didn't play a lot in the tour. So anyway, it caused a whole shit storm, but in the world of engagement, it was uh, brilliant. It was brilliant. So, um, and by the way, I'd rather have Michael Campbell's career. I probably would. Yeah. 
U.S. Open at Pinehurst, yeah. yeah. I'd rather have Ricky Fowler's bank account. Well, exactly, right. Sure. It depends what's important to you. But that's a whole had, other discussion, though. Right. Right. If you had ten, you can't care about money. Oh my god, eight to ten European tour wins, and you had a, a you know, a major championship on your mantle versus right. you won. Ricky did win the Players Championship, but like you won the Players Championship in four other tour events. I mean, you know, every you know, you won you won the. U.S. Open. You beat Tiger Woods in the U.S. Open. You'd rather have Dan Marino's career or Joe Flacco's? There you go. Well, that's, yeah, that's tricky. Mm. Yeah. Good question. <laughs> you should do social. <laughs> it's oh, true, Colin. The whole thread of every sport. That would be great. Just Actually, kidding. we didn't even mention last week, CP is just crushing it on social. I mean, this is prime rip season, season for him. The late college football oh. games in particular – he just rip, 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 rips the video. Because I don't get in trouble for it. Like I know. It's amazing. But, and then obviously you went viral for the Brady rip. Um, How many millions of views did that yeah, have? Yeah, I mean. I had over, almost three. I haven't checked the impressions. Brady was 7 million impressions, which I don't even Ooh. know what that means, but I hear people okay. say it, so I just say it. Impressions. impressions. Impressive, though. That's all it Costas, matters. I don't know. Costas' tweet was great. That one. I didn't think that one. I thought I was getting a little cute. You what know, did he say? Too many videos. Just for, Jesus for the people oh, who didn't. What did Costa say? Yeah. No, yeah. What was your tweet for the people who didn't see your tweet? Just said Jesus Christ, Bob Costas, because he said <laughs> <laughs> they put the camera on this kid on Friday. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The stadium. It yeah. was after the Yankees just lost the lead. It was three to two, and Costas was being funny. I think. Yeah. I, he was. Social media has been shitting on him. I think deservedly so. He never shuts the hell up. You guys up. have been shitting so on him a lot, and I agree. He's a little tough to take. Well, yeah. like he is trying to be funny sometimes, and he was yeah. just like, "That's the worst thing to ever happen in that kid's life." And then he paused, and he was like, "To this point, to this point, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, he, it's he, gonna he, get worse, kid." Right. <laughs> I gotta say He's something. Real. You know, I, I've said this to you guys. I feel bad because you guys are younger than me, obviously, and when I was a kid. Bob Costas was the king. And you guys mm. have been asking me that. I'm like, no, he was the king and he was so good. And it just shows you that it's like incredible. It's the same with movies. It's the same with comedians. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is, but if you take anything that was amazing and you add 20 years to it, it just doesn't have that same <laughs> pop. And, and I don't even know if he was this, you know, corny or sticky back then or he talked this much back then i don't even really remember i just know he was the king and when he announced a big game whether it was baseball or basketball it was just or the olympics you were just like oh this bob costas i mean yeah that's just, still with the olympics you know up till three yeah, gets over here exactly exactly yeah, i remember all that and i've heard such great stories about him too from um actually from jeff russell's wife molly solomon now yeah. the head of the golf channel how Bob Costas treated her like incredibly well when she used to work the Olympics. Like I know he's like a great guy too. So I feel bad that he's like taking all this heat from like people who don't, who don't remember him being great. And now for whatever reason, but I'll admit, I mean, I'm listening to the game. I'm like, damn, Bob, like, you, you know, you chatting just like a yeah, little. Just quiet down a little. And then whenever Bob, he Bob doesn't talk, story. then Ron Darling's got a, you know. Yeah, well, Darling's another story. I mean, mod on. Oh Everybody God. raves about Darling. All the Mets fans around here rave about so bad. Owen and Darling and Keith. But then, like, we get Darling on these national broadcasts. I mean, maybe he's better with the Mets, but, like. Maybe. I would almost rather the Yankees lose tonight on Monday, so I don't have to listen to yeah, Ron it's Darling gonna be on anymore. TBS. It's going to be on TBS. Awful. 
the next yeah, I don't know. Harrison, Harrison Bader's at the play. He went to Horace Mann in the Bronx. Bronx in the Bronx. Horace oh, Mann. Yeah, Bronx. Like you just literally are just saying one fact. Yeah. Three games in a row. Um these admit, guys, yeah, these guys fly in, you know, for, for the for the national game. And it's just you would think they're baseball fans and like actually pay attention, but you know, yeah. that's it's assuming it's assuming a lot. And it's funny, yeah, baseball is such a, a regional sport where you right he's from new york too like you know but right he's right here you would think he would be able to adjust better anyway we got a big game five tonight he's a colleague you know these are two colleagues of ours turner and you know warner uh discovery so you know we wish bob and ron all the best yeah i loved the the house of the dragon ad last week that's great (laughs) just really well-timed perfect all-time promo all time go to hbo max and HBO watch max, House of dragons right now subscribe whatever yeah um, <laughs> all right before we get in trouble huge week for cp on social but also a huge week with i mean this parlay dude everything turned around you Thursday. always talk about you want to be one of those guys who hits one of those crazy parlays and this wasn't quite you know this wasn't mm. the, the guy meets added the a zero and 15 leg parlay and zero but what, yeah, well, tell tell everybody what it was. It was like nine bucks to win seven. Nine to win seven ninety. Yeah, pretty sick. So dude. we will we will be getting a new wedding ring. Breaking. Hey, 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 hey. I Good called, news for I Mrs. called my wife right away. Had, had, I had a couple of drinks too. I probably shouldn't have called her because I was like, I just want to get a new wedding ring. I <laughs> probably should have hung on to that one, but now I have to get. So yeah, it was. It was one of those two where you're like, you're looking in the corner of your eye, like all afternoon, like, yeah, this looks kind of good here. And then um, it pretty much was never sweat worthy, except Oklahoma State plus five was the only leg I got a little because they went to OT. TCU goes up by a touchdown. Mm. And then Oklahoma State had fourth and nine in, wow. in overtime, converted, scored, field goal. And then I was rooting for TCU to score. So they just covered by, uh, Three, but then yeah, Georgia Southern, they were winning that whole game against James Madison. They yeah. they won. I had the spread over in Alabama, Tennessee was oh my I mean, god. Laugher. Laugher. We were watching the the live over was like 88, and my friend took the under and we were like, Oh, you'll you'll hit that. There's no way. And then it's just <laughs> fireworks in, in the fourth quarter. One of them the uh, Georgia bet because you love Georgia that. minus 37. Mm-hmm. Which I told you kind of never in doubt. Lock. Yeah, Syracuse money line also never in doubt. NC State couldn't move the ball at all. Yeah, and then Michigan State plus seven, which I think they won outright, right? In overtime. Wow. So unbelievable. It all started though. I didn't tell you guys Thursday night. I bet the Bears to score their first drive after halftime. It was like plus three hundred just to get an offensive score. If anyone remembers, they had third and eight on like their own seven yard line. Whoa. And they got it. They threw a screen that yeah. Jones like somehow got the first down. And then, wow. Ends up throwing the TD. That, and then Stan, bet Stan to Homer Friday. It was just like everything, wow. everything was working. Amazing. Back. Amazing. Back. Um, Steve, fade, I would fade everything I say this week. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what's your, uh, you have a little rip on uh shot link here. Yeah. I mean, I mean, okay. we all do from time to time, but yeah. go ahead. this is not a new take per se, but the fact that we're in fall 2022, you know, there's an event in Japan and, you know, shot link is very expensive. It's like big equipment you can't travel with it. So like, you know, traditionally there's no shot link at these 
events internationally. So we've just come to accept that as golf fans. But, you know, the fact that Sahit Thagala is literally on 59 watch Friday night, I think he was eight under through 11 or 12. And I was paying attention because I, I bet on him, but eight under through 11 or 12 on a par 70. So he has such a real chance. This is one of the youngest stars of the PGA tour. He's about, you know, it's the equivalent of a pitcher throwing a perfect game in baseball. And could you imagine if MLB, like you couldn't follow like each pitch and like where it was and like, you know, if it was fouled off and where it was hit. No, in golf, all you see is shot one off the tee, shot two from green, shot three, par. I mean, what are we doing? This is a, a professional sports league with billions of dollars. Like, I get that shot link doesn't work internationally, but you have other partners internationally. IMG Arena is like the, the goat of data. How do you not figure this out? Give us a way... And, you know, there's no video. You couldn't watch it until Golf Channel came on at 1030. Tagala was almost done with his round at that point. He's on, like, the 14th hole. So I My just – coverage didn't start till 11, too. 11, whatever. So it, it was – it's just ridiculous that we accept this as okay. Like, some, something needs to be figured out. Like, come on. Like, give us at least – you know, how close these guys are to the hole and, you know, it, nothing, you get nothing. And then probably half the time it's wrong too. I would counter with, I actually prefer these weeks because it's less sweaty following the, the four footers. <laughs> I was going to say I'm like, Oh, he's in the fairway. Great. It's all good. <laughs> well, I just like a, the time difference and B Steve, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, the time difference and that, I, I think this might be the first golf tournament I didn't make one bet on in like yeah. I've been allowed to make bets. And like yeah. it was a stress-free weekend. It was fun. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, but but it's saying, like yeah, it's, I mean it's the equivalent. I had a beeper in 1999. I was in like fourth grade, wow. and it like literally just showed you the scores of yeah. like baseball games. It was it was like amazing at the time. That's like amazing. this this is the equivalent of the technology we get in golf. Yeah. You can get you can get better updates like if you bet on an FCS football game, literally. Yes, yes. You'll get yard 100%. line, down and distance. And I know that's one game, but like still, it's like, yeah. you know, no that one's paying sense. attention to it and they still have like the technology to, to follow it. So yeah. I, I, I obviously agree with Steve, but um, yeah, I was much less stressed this week just having my guys in the fairway and on the green. <laughs> uh, we, speaking of football, we got our ranking this week. It was a Twitter question. And I, actually, I forgot even who asked it. It was someone, oh, I think it was like FanDuel or something. Anyway, it was one of those. I got suckered into it, uh, <laughs> bonding. But it was, if you had to get one yard, what running back would you choose of all time? Good one. NFL. It was a great question. It got a lot of comments. We all responded. So I figured I'd ask you guys. That's better than, like, I can't stand the name of Shut the hell up. Yeah. I like this this one I'll play along with. Yeah, this one was was exactly. It was acceptable. So, who wants to go first? Give us uh well, I guess we, we give us your top 3. Good CP. I I I replied to Myers and I think he ultimately agrees. I think Brandon Jacobs would be my number 1 pick. Yes. New York Giants bias obviously, but still during his peak, I I used to always say it to myself like he always no matter what falls forward. He gets mm -hmm. a yard. He never got stood up. Uh, ran downhill 100 miles an hour one of my all-time favorite giants so Jacobs would be my number one 
not trolling here. I, I truly would take Marshawn Lynch second to get me one yard. I, no, yeah. why not? Pete Carroll disagrees, but <laughs> I would put Marshawn Lynch. Yep. And if we got any, if we got any old heads, uh, I'll throw you a bone here. I'm taking John Riggins number three. Oh my god, you stole mine. Look, you guys are. I was gonna say Riggins. How'd you steal Riggins? I used to have. Were you gonna uh, say John Riggins or Tim Riggins? Tim Riggins. I I thought about going fictional. Friday Night Lights, dude. Tim Riggins will get you that yard. (laughs) He'll get it for you. I used to hung over his shit, but he'll get you that yard. He'll he'll be hammered. After I said this, I had the, the 100 greatest TDs tape cassette back in the oh, day. Okay. Which yeah, was yeah. Like, it was nothing after like the 90s. This, these were all like pre 90s. Like Franco Harris was number one. And Riggins was on that thing like just crushing 15 people. times. Oh, just of course. Unbelievable. That's awesome. That's the the cool. one bar looked like a lineman, no gloves, yep. taped up yep. It's just total goat. Wow. I think right. I had that same VHS, by the way. <laughs> she might have. So good. Wow. Tony Dorsett, 99 yarder, was on that. Yeah. Uh, some Marcus Allen plays. Some Fran wow. Tarkington runs, mm. black and white. Incredible. Yeah. Wow. Chris, Chris Mad Dog Russo would love hearing you guys throw a <laughs> ball to the old guys like that. Well yeah, done. Steve. All right. Who are your guys, Steve? Yeah, man. I, I was throwing a bone in the old guys with uh, Riggins. I'll have to come up with one other one. You know, someone who we watched growing up. Yep. 90s 2000s was Mike Alstott. Uh, oh yeah, you said that. Yeah. In the Bucks. I mean, you know, you give him you give him the ball, he's going to get 5 yards like insulate. I mean, him and Warren Dunn, what a dynamic backfield. Um That's you. Yep. Yeah, so sick. So Alstott's definitely on the list. Um Hmm, who else? I don't know who else. Larry Zonka. Should we just like? There we go. Another old head. Yeah, another. Really another go old school here. Uh, Former Giant people forget. Wow. wow. Yeah, definitely. Definitely um, forgot that. Uh, how about okay. Charles Way? Speaking of Giants, Char- I mentioned Charles Way in the initial thing too. Did you? For one that. year, he was so good, man. Yeah. It was out of nowhere. Um, yeah, I kept it to all guys who I've watched really, um, and I and the one guy I left off was Bo. Jackson, just because I yeah. was obsessed with Bo Jackson, but I remember like I read all about him, but like I tuned in to watch him play football once, and it was the day that he broke his hip. Or <laughs> that was the only game I ever saw Bo Jackson play football, and he never played again. So I killed <laughs> Bo Jackson's career. So I'll take Bo out, but I, I had Marshawn, uh, Derrick Henry, Jerome wow. Pettis, Brandon Jacobs, and I told you guys, Greg Jones. Mm-hmm. Florida State version. I was at the game at Wake. He shredded his ACL and MCL. He mm. kept playing <laughs> for another quarter. He had eight carries for like 82 yards. He's limping around. And they finally were like, yeah, we better take you out of the game. <laughs> um, he was the favorite to win the Heisman. He ended up having a nice career in Jacksonville as a fullback, but he was a dynamic running back i mean he was and he was like he was a he was one of the top linebackers in the country coming out of high school they put him at running back and he became a heisman favorite i mean that's how sick he was biggest triceps i've ever seen go go (laughs) to a couple of his videos trucking people including uh dexter reed and uh the late great um miami guy on blanken oh yeah sean taylor just absolutely lit him up i mean crazy um Greg Jones. Good, oh, good list. Shout out Earl Campbell. We got to give Earl Campbell. Oh, Earl Campbell. Yeah. Again, I can't on the kind of my next. Yep. Earl Campbell is supposedly the, the biggest like bruiser. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. They always used to compare Greg Jones to him. Okay. All right. <laughs> Freddie Couples, just a quick 
mention here, pretty amazing age 63 because we're about to get into our chat with uh, Patrick Harrington. Very couples, crazy. He hadn't won in like five years. Um, goes out there, shoots a 60, 63-year-old. He says the best round of his life. First of all, shout out to golf that at age 63, you can do the best round of your life. Mm-hmm. You can do anything your best when you're 63. is pretty amazing, other than maybe like a crossword puzzle. So good for Fred couples. <laughs> other than w- waking up at 4 a.m. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got, I'm getting good at that, guys. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Freddie. Um, but let's get into our chat with, with Patrick Harrington because uh, it's it's a big stretch coming up for the PGA Tour champions. Uh, Patrick Harrington is going for his first Charles Schwab Cup. He's in second place behind Stephen Alker going into these final events. Steve Stricker's also in the mix. Um, it, it's very competitive. And, and again, you cannot beat chat and golf with Patrick Harrington. So please have a listen to our chat with three-time major champ, Patty Harrington. Okay, we are thrilled to welcome in three-time major champion and 2021 Ryder Cup captain Patrick Harrington to the Lou Podcast. Patrick is here on behalf of I Promise. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, first of all, Patrick, welcome. Thank, thanks for thanks for being on. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, I said I'm in the middle of a Champions Tour run here. I'm down in Kerry, uh, North Carolina, playing the SAS Championship. And the one thing about the Champions Tour is you get an extra day off every week, so you get time to do things like this. Right? <laughs> well, let's get right into that. You had an unbelievable summer. Obviously, won the U.S. Senior Open at Saucon Valley Country Club. Then you backed it up with wins in August and September. Dick Sporting Goods Open and the Ascension Charity Classic. So safe to say turning 51 and joining the, the Senior Tour has been treating you pretty well. It, it has. I, I, I was playing quite well after, after I came out of COVID, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, I took six months off during COVID, spent the time at home and, and just came out probably a bit more re- refreshed. And uh, my golf game had been turning around. Maybe it was turning around because I was turning 52, but... Uh, I certainly started putting better, and uh, you know, my new I knew my game was in good form coming to the Champions Tour. But it's a different, different set of skills really on the Champions Tour in many ways. Uh, you know, the, the guys obviously can all play out here and they know how to score. Uh, so, you know, you got to be very, very good with your wedges. You got to shoot fifteen on the par for three rounds, which is quite quick. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it, 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 there's not a lot of room for for mistakes. You can't go out and have. You know, a slow day. If you shoot one under par or something like that, you're you're in trouble to try and make up to to fifteen, obviously. So it it's kind of just it's it's a bit of a race all the time, and uh, it took a while to get get to grips with that. Uh, but I knew my game was in good shape, and and certainly I feel like it's good enough. Uh, you know, like I I played last week or two weeks ago in the Dunhill uh, Dunhill Links Championship in Europe, and I finished seventeenth, and I. I Nothing. I played one good day out of four. Nothing really happened for me in the other three days. So I, I, I'm still competitive with the young guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, speaking of that, I'd love to go back to Kiowa 2021. You tied for fourth. That was your first top 10 in a major in almost a decade. How, how cool of, the, of a week was that for you? And was there a point where, you know, coming down the stretch Sunday, you were like, I, I might be able to win this thing? Yeah, there was, there was certainly a... a, a I was in a good place on that Sunday. I was playing with Shane Larry. I think I played the first couple of rounds with Phil. And it's amazing when, you, when you're when you enjoying your the company you're playing with and enjoying the, the rounds, things go go by quicker without you necessarily realizing. And, and Sunday was very much like that. Myself and Shane got ourselves going great. Momentum was in the group. We both played well. And yeah, I, I had a chance. Uh, I think it was, uh, I got to go back to 14 and, no, 15 and 16. 
I sit and pitch a wedge into 15 and I made bogey and I didn't birdie the par five 16. Mm. You know, I, I genuinely had a chance. And I had a great chance. I missed a lot of putts coming home that day. Uh, you know, I had a good chance on 13, as I remember. I did chip in on 14, which obviously was a big break, but I missed some chances. So, yeah, it, it the problem with rounds like that, and, and, and I kind of had rounds like that before, uh, earlier on in my career, or tournament it's a good tournament but you're not quite sure why it was a good tournament mm-hmm. you, you, you're you're kind of it, it kind of jumped out oh wow well what did I do different that week and you kind of look at it and you try and figure it out but it was a bit of an outlier at, at the time if I turned up and finished fourth now and had a run at a, a major I wouldn't consider that was in any shape or form an outlier I would consider that's just that's kind of what I expect at this moment as in I have a lot more control over where my game is at mentally and physically. So, yeah, it, it, it was a great performance, but it was kind of like I, I, I missed the playoff in Muirfield in 2002 at the Open by a shot. Played unbelievable that week, but I never really knew why. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's one of those performances. It's a great performance, but why was it so better than another week? Did, did I do something different in my preparation? It, things fell into place uh, at Kiwa, like at, at Muirfield. And, and that's, nice but it's not always what you're looking for you're looking for that control where you, you can have a little bit of predictability that you know what if i do x y and z i'm going to be in good form and if i'm in good form it's never you, golf you never have full control over golf but you you do have control over your preparation and your expectations and uh, you know I, i'm in that sort of mode at the moment that i'm doing a lot of things right that are leading to to good positions going into sundays You've always been such an analytical player, Patty, one of the most on tour. I'm you know, curious how that's evolved. And, you know, now that you're on PGA Tour champions, like, are, are you doing as many you know, of those type of things? Yeah, you know, you get a reputation and it sticks, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, if I told you the truth of it, yeah, yeah. I, you know, hmm, yeah, I, I, believe it or not, yes, I like to think about golf. There's no doubt about it. I'm like, I like to try and be different. I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. So I'm always looking for that edge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't, like this would be a good one for your, for your listeners. Never, ever, ever, ever count your greens and your fairways hitting the golf course. Mm. Like it, it, it is the most pointless stat ever. And if you start doing it when you're playing during a round of golf, it's it's the opposite of scoring and it's the opposite of playing and it's it's a miserable stat. So if if I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day uh, by text, I said, what did you shoot? And they came back and said, oh, I shot one under par. I hit 16 greens in regulation and I had, you know, 35 puts or whatever that is, 33 puts it would be. And I said, I didn't ask you how many puts you had. I didn't <laughs> ask you how many greens in regulation. And it doesn't matter. And if you start counting them when you're on the golf course, you start analyzing things. And the one place you don't want to be, like I was talking about with Shane and, and Key Wild, you don't ever really want to be analyzing on the golf course. You just want to be playing. So get away from that that metric. And it's a terrible metric. It's a t- like the if I ask again, if I ask you what score you shot and you start giving me your greens and regulation and your putts. That's a hard luck story that I have no interest in. <laughs> I have no... Ever. I'm glad to hear yeah, you say that. It, it, it's, it's telling me you're weak. If you yeah. tell me, if I ask you your score and you tell me you have 36 puts, I go, well, you're, you're, you're looking for sympathy. I don't, you know, that's irrelevant. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you're, you're 
maybe your wife cares or your dog cares and maybe put you out, but nobody else does. And, and you shouldn't be counting it. It's, it's, again, would you prefer to be 15 feet from the hole on the fringe or 30 feet away on the green? Right, right. You know, there's it, it, yeah. so many things in golf that, you know, if you just play, you'll be better than if you just at the analyst. But then again, as I said, there are different analysts that analyzing you need to do away from the course, but don't overdo right. it. Right. right. Well, you also obviously have a reputation of being such a hard worker um, and for having some unusual training methods in, in your pursuit always to get better and your pursuit of distance. I wonder, first of all, what are you doing now that maybe some people might say is a little unorthodox to get better? And also, what's it like to be lead the uh, Champions Tour in driving distance? You're, you're finally the big dog out there hitting, hitting the farthest. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> I... I don't know what to say, but yeah, it's nice to be the longest. It's certainly an advantage. Uh, yeah, I'm probably hitting it further now than I ever have in my life. I, I certainly, wow. I've got more ball speed than ever. Uh, and I don't, I, like, I don't, here, here's, I don't do any of the long drive stuff anymore. I, 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 I'm, I'm I, like, you would never, if you come out and watch me in the championship, you will not see me make a long drive swing at all. I don't mm. launch it up there in the air. I don't go for I I I work on speed, but not not a. I'm not big into efficiency. You know, if I start trying to hit a high with no spin, you know, there isn't a golf course big enough for me. It's it's like there is nowhere I can play golf. I I hit it so wide. So I'm not I'm I'm not trying to be, you know, I'm not trying to hit bombs. Let's say, but I am trying to hit it pretty hard. Mm -hmm. um, I just hit it much straighter when I when I don't try and. You know, if I hit up on it, I hit it all over the place. So mm -hmm. there's other thing. What basically what I've changed in my driving, if if there is something that's changed, is I work with a guy, Michael Jacobs, uh, out in Rock Hill Golf Club in Long Island. Michael Jacobs 3D, and it's been interesting. So I have not increased my speed at all, but what I've done is I've increased my base speed. So I could always get you bring me to the range. If I hit 200 drivers on the range, by the time I get to 200 balls, I'd be getting up to 190 ball speed. Mm. But I'd start at 174, say. Mm. Now I'm concentrating on trying to start, you know, man, I, I go out in the range now and my first ball can be low 180s. Mm. So I don't get to the 190, but I don't hit anywhere. Like I, I'm, I'm hitting, instead of hitting, like I generally peak around 65 drives and upwards. Uh, but now I, I probably never hit more than like in my warm up. I hit thirty drives, thirty five drives. Mm -hmm. That's all I ever do. Uh, so I'm trying to concentrate and getting that first swing on the tee box at one eighty ball speed, low one eighty. And I'll give you another little secret here for your your listeners. Yeah, you don't need low one eighty efficient is all you ever need. There's nothing more than that in golf. Yeah. Uh, the guys who get up higher and higher, they really. 190 they just don't build the golf courses big enough for 190 ball speed and and it it just seems to be a threshold there once you're getting up to the 190 and above where maybe because of the ball maybe because of the golf course it's just inefficient it's mm -hmm. the, the rewards aren't so big whereas you see the best drivers of the ball are the guys who are low 180s efficient now i'm not I'm not low 180s efficient. I'm low 180s, but I'm hitting a hard. It's a bit of an effort for me. Mm. You know, sometimes I overspin it at that. So, yeah, if you're a kid out there, go to the 190 ball speeds, but play in the low 180s. Uh, and that's all you need. You just, just, you just can't build a golf course that you ain't going to be 
like, and that's what Rory is. Rory, well, Rory's probably the fastest of the good drivers. He's maybe past one eighty five, but mostly like DJ's low one eighties, and that that who wouldn't want to drive the ball like DJ? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Alex just said it. You're a notorious hard worker. Hit a ton of balls. As far as I know, you never really had like a significant injury. What do you <laughs> kind of attribute that to? I'm sure you've had any pains, but uh, I think so. Yeah, sure. I've I've had a disc replaced in my neck. Oh, that yeah. a significant injury. Yeah, I, I yeah. see. <laughs> That's pretty significant. Yeah, pretty significant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was amazing about that? I, I 2017, I had a disc replaced and uh, had the surgery. I could swing a golf club. Felt like I could swing a golf club the next day and took no painkiller. None. Once I left the hospital, I took no painkillers after that. Uh, And I did take a month off, which was really tough. Uh, But yeah, it it worked out very well. I've had knee surgery. I have constant knee problems as it is at the moment. Uh, I have, uh, which we talked about, I've had four eye surgeries, not because of bad eyesight, but just for the laser laser eye surgeries. Uh, I broke my wrist. Uh, I, I probably in my career, I would say, and, and this is this is a warning again to your listeners. In my career, I certainly lost one in every three weeks through injury. I had a very bad neck and upper shoulders problem all the way through my career. And it, I reckon it came from practicing after rounds when I was tired. Mm. So over practicing at oh. the wrong time. Right. And I, I so I, I lost like my neck would lock up least one in every three weeks so one in every I, I i would play on but i lost one in every three weeks of tournaments i'd say wow. in 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 my career so yeah it just i didn't pull out of events so that's maybe why you don't think i was injured i just i i would play on and struggle but uh yeah i had a lot of lot of every but every golfer seems to have a choke point so i always it was my neck and, and upper back Another guy would be his, his lower back. Another guy would be a knee or it would be a wrist or an elbow. Everybody seems to pressure of the golf swing, which is, is quite significant. People, people don't understand. It builds and it seems to hit in a certain point for every player. Maybe different for who you are. You've got to figure out what that point is for you and you've got to really work hard on making that, making around it as strong as possible. You, you might never be able to, to, like with my knee, I, I struggle with my knee. I've had surgery, I can go and have surgery. But the main thing is I make sure everything that's around my knee, whether it and all the way up to, you know, to my glutes, if they're turning on properly, if my quads are working, if my hamstrings are working, my cat. I so I have to work very hard on protecting the area that's injured. So don't just focus on the injury, focus on what's around it to make sure you're not putting on the pressure. Yeah. I appreciate smart. you answering my incredibly stupid question. <laughs> In such a nice way. Yeah. As as Irishman nice does. Uh, Patty, I'm curious, you know, you're, you're in your fifties and you're, like you said, the, the longest you've ever been in your career. If you could go back and tell yourself something in your thirties, forties, you know, the, the peak of your career, I'm curious what it might be. Is it some of this, you know, speed stuff or might it be something else? I always did the speed stuff. So as I said, yeah. uh, you know, I got a monitor back in 2002, I think. Hmm. And I was 169 ball speed. The old vector monitor before your you, you guys' time. but uh, So I started off at 169 and always worked at speed. I always knew speed was a big factor in golf. Hmm. What would I change? There's nothing I would change. There's nothing I regret doing. Hmm. Uh, there's no doubt about that, that everything that I did made me who I am. Hmm. If I was going to do something different, 
I would not practice after rounds of golf. For the injury stuff. After. Yeah, injury plus I practiced. This is a killer. I, I would say, like I had, I've had 30 second places. So plenty of third and fourth places for 30 mm-hmm. seconds. And a lot of times I practiced on a Saturday evening when I was in contention. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I probably even played better on the Sunday because of that practice. But better doesn't mean you're better mentally. You know, mm-hmm. better striking and things like you're better off sticking with what you got when you're in contention. Mm-hmm. Never, never introduce anything new. So, you know, you know that I, I won't say it is who I am and I learned from those things. But, you know, yeah, that's a that's a very difficult discipline not to for me anyway, not to, yeah. not to go to the range, not to over practice, not to try harder, not to work a little bit more in hindsight. I don't think I could have changed, but that's what I would change. <laughs> right. Well, if you didn't do that, do you think your results would would have suffered? I don't know. I'd be different, and that's why I say I don't regret it because I'd be yeah. different. I'd be a different person. Uh, you know, that makes me tough. It makes me who I am. It makes me resilient. It, it helped me learn. Uh, but you know, I I would have watched the things, and and I see it now. You can go into a tournament and prepare for Sunday which, you know, somebody, Tiger, would have been a good example, or Monty, they definitely were focused on how good were they going to be Sunday. Mm. Um, and, I, and I believe Jack Nicholas. not that I would have seen this back in the day, he talked a lot about being ready for Sunday. Whereas when you're not quite as confident, you go in there preparing for Thursday. Mm. You're preparing mm. to make the cut. Right. Pre- that's, you know, you've got to be good enough. Sunday's like twice the stress levels of every mm. other day. So, mm. If you're good enough, you're going to wait and know that you're in. And, and this somewhat happens now Now in the championship. I know I'm going to be in contention on a Sunday. So I'm thinking about how do I get myself as best, as fresh as I can be on Sunday. Whereas you put me, throw me back into a PGA Tour event and I think, oh, gee, I've got to play well. You know, you got to be on your game to make the cut. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you know, making the cut, you can win a PGA. Like there's such a small, it's very narrow between making the cut and being in contention in the PGA Tour. So you're kind of you're you're obsessing about getting off to a quick start, being there. You know, if you're not four on the par after nine holes, like, oh God, what's the cut line gonna be? Those things being in a big pool like the PJ Tour is difficult to get yourself ready for Sunday. And unless it's happening week in, week out. Right. Being on a smaller pool like the Champions Tour, it is happening weeks out, week in, week out. So I'm kinda of going, Okay, yeah, don't panic, you know, get yourself ready. Do do your I have certain routines I do, but I concentrate on not overdoing it mm-hmm. uh, and and that's you know that's the beauty of a small pool and uh, you'll see that I uh, you know not that we'll bring it but you'll see it in the likes of live when there's only 48 players the top players know they're going to be in contention more right. they can, you know that the hardest thing about the PGA Tour and this is really what's hard is it's 156 players and they're damn good. Yeah. The bag, the, the guy who's average is damn good. And, and, and in many ways, you know, when you hear that comment, but the live players say, Oh, you know, we don't want to play so much. What they really were saying is we don't want the other guys to play so much because we can't <laughs> beat them. You know, right. you it, it's very hard to beat a PGA tour player who right. say you picked out the most average PGA tour player. If he plays 32 times, 34 times, you ain't beating them by playing twenty. You got to play twenty five to beat twenty. You know this right. is this is it's a tough, tough school. The PGA Tour. The depth is so deep. 
mm-hmm. uh, that you could see why guys like myself in the Champions Tour are loving the fact, oh, you know, it's a smaller pool. I, I, I know I'm going to be there and thereabouts. And I, I could see that with the live guys. There's 48 of them. You know, it's hard for the good guys not to be in contention at the end of the week. Speaking of being in contention, you're, you're number two right now in the uh, Schwab standings going into the playoffs. Um, what, how much of a focus is that? And how much, you know, it's, it's something that obviously Bernard Longers won, I think, six times. And um, to take a season-long title, how, how, how much would that mean to you? It would mean a lot. Uh, yeah, I thought about it because obviously I've, I've, I've just won the you know, player of the year in the PGA Tour and right. uh, Europe. You want to be player of the year in Europe. In, in the States, or sorry, in the Champions Tour. So, yeah, it's one of those things you want to tick off the box. You want to want to be the, the player at the end of the year. And it, it, it's very tight. There's five, it's, it's quite very tight. Actually. There's, yeah. there's, 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 well, with double points for the last three events, gotcha. the likelihood is it will come down to the last event. Right. Uh, you know, even even it'd be unlikely for anybody to be far enough ahead that they, they'll have it sewn up going into the last event. So we'll all have a chance uh, maybe some guys will have a little bit of advantage, but yeah, it's 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 quite exciting. And and Steve Steve Stricker is playing particularly well. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he I played with him last week, and he, he was the best I'd seen him play. I played with him quite a bit during the year, but he played very well last week in particular. Uh, so you know, he's hitting good form. And as I said, with with Jerry and Miguel, and uh, obviously Steve Alker out in front. Poor Steve is out there trying to stay out in front. What 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 a tough place that is. You know, with everybody yeah. chasing you down. Uh, but you know, there's there's hard to see anybody outside that top five. Maybe, uh, I suppose with the double points, we'll have a chance. But realistically, you're looking at those five guys, and it would be nice to be to win it in your first year. And uh, you know, if you're going to win it six times like Bernard, you better start off quick. If you're going <laughs> to win, if you're going to win forty four or forty yeah. forty. Is forty six hail is one or forty five hail is forty five? I think yeah. Forty five, yeah. If you're <laughs> going to win forty five, you better start winning them quick. Yeah. It's, it's 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 you're not going to make it up later on because you know even now I look at guys on the main tour and I go, why did you see? When's he going to be coming out in the championship yeah. tour? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, you mentioned having such a great time playing with Phil last year at Kiwa, and obviously he he won the Schwab Championship, the the final event last year, and. He was such a star on the Champions Tour last year. Do you miss not having him out there and being able to compete and play alongside him this year? Yeah, I, I've had a few conversations with him, and we've been giving each, giving each other a bit of grief that I'd like yeah. I'd like like to be beating him out here. Uh, yeah. There's no doubt. <laughs> uh, I particularly enjoyed hitting outside him last year, or yeah, last year when I played with him. Uh, yeah. That that got his go up a bit, all right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, Phil. He's box office. There's no doubt about it when he plays and, and and the people come out to watch and the way he plays is like, yeah, I, I, I playing with him, the stress of watching him hit the ball was tough. As in, yeah. he just, he really goes, he goes after the absolute maximum line and shot on every shot. And you go, God, it'd be hard to live like that. But that's Phil. He, yeah. he has to take it on. That's his, that's his personality. Uh, as I said, with, with my life, with, my driving distance, I am actually trying to do the opposite. I'm, I, I try and be, I try and hit driver a lot, but I don't try and be as aggressive with the driver when I'm hitting it. Mm. Uh, but it is, yeah, he was, Phil, Phil was no doubt about watching him play. It was, it was certainly box office and he was, go- I think, I think again, the little bit of freedom being on the Champions Tour was a big benefit to Phil. Like, you know, 
when you're playing out there in the regular tour, like any one bad shot and you like you feel like you're going to go home, right. the Champions Tour gives you that little bit of room for freedom that, you know what, yeah, I, I can go after it, make some birdies, I'll make some more birdies. And yeah, it, it's just a nicer, a small pool is just a nice place to be. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think we got one more for you before that. Um, tell us a little about... I promise we had Monty on a few weeks ago. He told us about it, said it helps improve his eyesight and maybe uh, improved his uh, stats on the putting green. So would you would you agree with uh, Monty's assessment there? Yeah, I, I, well, I, I've had a, I told you, I had four laser surgeries uh, during my career. I'm always working on correcting astigmatism in my eye and I wear a contact lens, one on my left eye to, mm. to help balance it up. But with the surgeries, I, I struggled a lot with, you know, just a lot of, issues that my eyes would get dry and my you know they go blurry on me and stuff like this I, i've had a distinct improvement uh with i promise and and they measure it and they can see that that there is an improvement but you know that's a machine measuring it and it tells you it's improving you know yeah great i'm, I'm very happy that the that the computer says it's improving but i'm definitely might i've definitely seen the benefits in terms of just how much how i feel how well my eyes feel in terms of just i'm not as stressed about you'll see i keep sunglasses on all the time mm. i put them on for the wind and i do that less now i don't need them as much i my eyes are just feel better on the golf course do i read the greens better i seem to contrast seem to be better but again some of that is subjective you know the measurement is there and I just feel better about what I'm doing with my eyes, which is very nice for me that, you know, I'm, I'm not having anywhere near the problems I would have been having uh, 18 months ago uh, in terms of dryness and all that stuff. I still cry in airplanes. Can anybody explain why I cry at any movie on an airplane? <laughs> <laughs> like it, it could be a, a, like a, if you if I'm watching like a like a, a rom-com on the airplane, I'll cry. I cry at anything on an airplane. It's something it about to, you being up there. It brings yeah, out the emotions. I'm with you. Yeah, it's the pressurization. I know other people cry in airplanes. I, yeah. I, it hasn't stopped that, but but uh, certainly, yeah, the eye promise has really helped with with just just the feeling in my eyes, the less less dryness, the less just the comfortableness. And uh, there's no doubt it brings a little bit of confidence that yes, my eyes have improved in their ability to focus when I'm putting putting the the computers on that which does bring confidence when you're reading the greens. Mm -hmm. Well, last one for me, Patty, I'm, you know, it was just last year, PGA, you're, you know, T4 and then got to play the masters. Uh, so I'm curious if, you know, it sounds like you're so confident in your game. Do you think you got one more major run in you uh, with, with where your game's at? Uh, yeah, I definitely think I have more than one run too. Oh, all right. Great. Yeah. Whether, you know, I, I, I've always worked on the principle, you need to have a few to get a win. Mm. You know, you know, if you could get yourself, if you can prepare properly for four, say four majors in the year, if you prepare properly, you'll probably play well in three, probably two of those three, you should get the breaks that you're in contention. Yeah. If you're in contention twice, maybe over two years, that would be four times you should knock off one. You know, th that's just golf. You, you, mm. it, it's nice when you win one out of context, but generally it's a numbers game. Just put yourself in position time and time again. And I will say, it is far easier to win a major than it is a regular tournament. Mm. It's just well, there's, there's there's a lot of players that just don't want to win a major. You know, they just mm. don't like the whole concept. They over, maybe they over practice or over train or or do something, whatever it is. The regular event, the major is still like playing a marathon, where like running a marathon, whereas playing a regular event is like a sprint. 
Right. It's just so, I can't tell you. You could be putting on the, I've, I've had puts on Friday to go, you know, five under on the front nine on Friday and you miss it. And then you bogey the next year, three under. And the next second you're looking, what's the cut going to be? Like one minute mm. you're five under and, and actually maybe a shot off the lead or two off the lead. And mm. the next minute, one hole later, you're, you're thinking about what's the cut. Whereas at a major, that is not the case. Mm. Somebody gets to 10 under par, you're kind of laughing at them. Unless it was Tiger back in the day. Everybody else is going, ah, he's going to hit, he, you know, they're going to hit the wall. They're going to stop. They're going to, just the nature of a major. So you, right. that means if you don't need to press behind uh, onto the last day anyway. So you, you can be patient. And when you're patient, good things happen. Uh, it's only when you start pushing that, you know, early on pushing. I'm not talking, obviously, on Sunday. You have to push at times. Uh, but, yeah, it's a lot easier at a major. you just got to be in there. And, uh, you know, I'm long enough. Uh, yeah. I'm starting to put well enough, which is which is what really went in my game over the last number of years. So, hmm. you know, that's coming back. And if I if I do both of those, why not? Yeah, that's great. Well, Patrick, you were very gracious with your time and my stupid questions. So we, we really appreciate it. <laughs> you uh, could always edit it out. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, we might have to. No, we'll leave it in just to embarrass him. Yeah. So yeah, dirty rules. <laughs> Thank, thanks again, and, and uh, good luck uh, this week and the rest of the uh, the upcoming season and and the and the year. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks again to Patrick Harrington for joining us. Um, oh, we want to do NFL picks or, C- or CJ Cup first, guys? What do you want to do? You're, you're driving this bus. I'm driving the bus, Jerome Bettis style. Uh, <laughs> let's do uh, the NFL first. CP, give us a, uh, a rundown. Uh, I know I got the Giants wrong. Our Giants. Yep. Are, wow. They just keep surprising. Legendary underdog. That's right. Legendary underdog team right now. Uh, give us the breakdown of how our, our picks went last week. Okay, we will go Steve first. Steve went two and one again. Oh, nice one. The big swing game. I, I would have had a chance to to get someone get one back on YouTube, but the Bengals did cover against the Saints by four. Oh, that was a dagger. I thought right. I had that one all the way. Saints were up nine and Jamar Chase, baby. Totally, yeah. Chase went off about time. That was uh that was yeah. a nice game. Nice game from them. Steve was on the um Patriots who Sweat for you. you know, people love to sling arrows at Belichick, and then you know, he goes two and zero, and they you know win thirty eight to fifteen this week, twenty nine nothing last week. So impressive stuff from the Pats. And then Steve was on the Bears, which I mean can't get closer on that last play. Fields, yeah. you know, obviously Fields um, should have thrown a touchdown earlier in the game, but uh, but still a two and one week for Steve, which puts him at twelve and six. Pretty good, Myers. Also a two in one week. Hey, so only got the, got the Ravens wrong. You were on the Bengals with Steve and you were on your Seattle Seahawks who, I mean, sweat free too. I was looking this up to, to make my Daniel Jones case for later, but I mean, Gino is playing unbelievable. He's like leading the league in completion percentage. I'm pretty QBR, sure. QBR. Yeah. So Gino yeah. is in that convo with, with our boy, Daniel Jones for top 15 quarterbacks in the league. Right now. <laughs> by the way, by the way, QBR Daniel Jones is 14th in the league. Well, I was looking up completion percentage because Jones is fifth and I was stunned to see Gino number one. So well, I you know really completion percentage is a bit full. I mean, Drew Brees, LOL. I mean, the most <laughs> quarterback of all time. You throw it to the running back every time, your completion percentage is going to be high. So um, I don't go by Gino's, Gino's slinging it. He's not. He's no, but not no, Gino, Gino's slinging it, no doubt. Uh, but no, Daniel Jones, 14th in QBR. If he keeps that up for a whole year, I, I really don't know how you can't say he's top 15, especially when you're winning. You're winning yep. the games. 
Anyway, go ahead. James so Myers is nine and nine. That brings Myers to three back. Okay. I was on the Saints. I was on the Packers, who, I mean, maybe the biggest frauds in oh the my last God. five years in the yeah. NFL. Total, total um, By the way, season under bet Packers. That's mm. right. Very good one. But I do have Broncos over, so <laughs> probably gonna come out. Probably gonna come out even on those two. <laughs> My only hit was the Buffalo Bills, um, who covered unbelievable throw by Josh Allen at the end of the game. There, yep. um, tough, tough throw by my guy Mahomes at the end of the game. There, I mean, the guy did kind of come out of nowhere, but uh, yeah, that, that was the only. So I'm six and twelve, a full six games back of Steve Ooh. Myers is three games back. So we can do. Um, if Steve wants to, I'll, loser goes first. If that if that's what if that's what you want, sure. Go ahead. So I'm going to start with the Cleveland Browns are getting six and a half points against the Baltimore Ravens. I know the Browns have been really really embarrassing the last few games, but this is a division game. I think what we're seeing is John Harbaugh is not uh, this genius we all thought he was with some of these losses. I know um, we like Brian Dable, but that was another kind of choke job by the Ravens yesterday, up by ten. Yep. Like I said, division game, six and a half is a lot of points for a division game. Everyone's going to be on the Ravens for, for the bounce back. Um, this is kind of the Browns' last stand here. They've got three straight losses, as I mentioned. They get Cincinnati next week after the Ravens. Then they're on a bye. Season's sort of on the line for them, so I think they'll give it um, an A-plus effort. They'll probably still lose, but I like the points. I'm going to the Cardinals on Thursday night. Must-win game. They're actually 0-3 at home, which is which is pretty embarrassing. Um, quick turnaround. They're playing the Saints, obviously. DeAndre Hopkins is back. I think that is that has been a big part of the reason they're off to a, a pretty crappy start. Mm-hmm. So one and a half, I believe, is the spread there. And then I'm going to the six and zero against the spread. Atlanta Falcons are getting plus six and are getting six and a half against the Bengals. Hmm. Um, who might who might turn it on now? Chase and Burrow. That was a really nice. I'm seeing plus six here. Just plus yeah. six. Okay, yeah. I, I keep looking at covers, so um, keep me in check there. Plus six. Falcons six and zero against the spread. You got you got to ride that um, that dog until until they lay down and die like a dog. So um, Falcons, Cardinals, Browns for me in week seven. All right. Who's up next? Who's Myers next? is up next. Ah, yep. next. All right. Shit. Um, okay. Hey, look, I'm going to, um, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go, go back to my, no, I, I actually, I'm going to flip the switch here. I'm taking the giants, uh, plus three on the road at Jacksonville. I've bet against the giants all year. I did not at least get that. Thank God that under on their win total, I would have already lost. <laughs> um, I just, they're still not getting respect. I mean, I know the Jags are feisty, but uh, I'll take Giants in the three. I think they pull off another upset here. Uh, I'll start with that. Um, one of the ones I just saw down here, where was it? I'm going back to my Texans, uh, getting a full seven on the road at the Raiders. Um, you know, Texans, at least in the beginning of the part of the season, scrappy. I just think that's a lot of points. Raiders, nothing special. Uh, so I'm going Texans there. And then Man, do I go against the Broncos again with the Jets? Man, I can't do it. Three and a half. Oh, God. Mm. No. I'm going to take the Lions getting seven. I'm taking a lot. Of, I'm taking all I'm taking all road dogs here. Yeah, road dogs. Wow. Mm. Uh, Lions plus seven at Dallas. 
we don't know, I guess, right, if, if Cooper Rush is still going to be a QB. Do they rush Dak back? I thought they weren't going to because they have an easy couple games coming up. But, God, Cooper Rush was brutal last night. He, he is who we thought he was um, or everybody thought he was except for Ben Walton, who thought he was the second coming of Dan Marino. And um, so I'll take the Lions getting seven. I think that's just too many points. So those are my Lions, uh, Texans, and Giants. Giants. First time. Right. Uh, I like the Lions pick. Uh, I do not like your Texans pick, Myers. I'm going to go against you there. Ooh, crossfire. Crossfire. Uh, Raiders are one and four. Very misleading record. They've been in pretty much every game. Uh, and, you know, I, I think the offense just does what they want to do against the Texans. And uh, Davis Mills is kind of regressing the last couple of games. So, crossfire there. We got to figure out what our, our bet is on a crossfire. Like, a pizza bed or something i'd have two pizzas at this point so i'm trying to figure out that, that i said it should be 10 uh first round leader bet oh i like that okay Following week just 10 bucks oh, okay all right we'll start it now. I, I, okay starting now i i i okay that's a so the loser puts in a 10 dollar first round leader bet of the winner's choice and, and the person you choose yep cool Boom. love it the Raiders and, uh, will get me my first win there. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with CP. I hate to do that usually, but he's sharp here on uh, Browns getting six and a half. Um, I think the Ravens are, <clears throat> you know, that's a little, they're, they're not getting as much credit as they should be. You know, they've had a lot of, you could call it win luck. You could call it Harbaugh being an, an idiot, but CP is sharp there on Brown six and a half. Um and then I, I kind of want to go with the Giants plus three. However, the chance to get another crossfire in the mix uh, against you guys. So I'm going to go Saints plus one and a half against CP. He's on the Cardinals at home. I'm going to take the Saints. Andy Dalton has been pretty decent. Um, and without Michael Thomas, too, if he's back. I like Saints plus one and a half. Uh, so we got two crossfires this week, boys. Crossfire. Yeah. Wow. Giving you guys a chance to get back in it. Good. Too good of a guy. Okay. Yeah. Very nice. Um, okay, moving on to the golf. We've got the CJ Cup at uh, Congaree. Steve, I know you, uh, we've talked about this before, but you uh, got to check out that course in the flesh. When was that? A couple years ago? Yeah, two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it gets rave reviews. I know it had the, like, the worst field of all time a couple yeah. years ago. Garrick Higo won that event. Um, I mean, not that he's a bad player, but uh, Chesson Hadley kind of choked his guts out. Choked his guts out. Right. It was such a brutal feel. I forgot even what tournament was. It was like a makeup. Right? I mean, they they like Paul Meadow, yeah, you know, yeah. non-existent tournament. So right. Um, so anyway, give us yeah, give us a little scoop on on Congaree and and maybe who you like this week. Yeah, I got to play it a couple times when I stayed there. It was last year actually before the Palmetto. Um, it's it's probably my favorite course that hosts a PGA Tour event. Mm. Um, you know, Pebble's great too, but Palmetto, or I keep calling it Palmetto, Congaree, <laughs> and it, Tom Fazio. So you know, the oh, Foz, no. people are down on the Foz. Um, but it's it's just the kind of course that anyone can win at. So you know, it's about seventy six hundred yards. They could extend it even farther <laughs> if they want. Um, but you know, you had guys who are shorter hitters last year, pop up on the leaderboard. That's because there's just different paths to victory here. So, 
you know, someone like Rory, who's so aggressive off the tee, like if his driver is on this week, I think it's going to be tough to beat him. Um, because like, you know, a lot of these risk reward holes, if you really thread the needle, there's a lot of width, but you know, if you are aggressive and land it in a nice place, like you're going to have a little wedge in. However, if you miss these wide fairways and they're wide, but off the fairway is just real trouble. Um, all this sand it's, you know, Australian sand belt type course. Um, there's just so many ways to play shots around the greens. You know, it's all mode tight, um, really rewards people who are creative around the green. So, you know, for that reason, I think this is going to be a fun tournament, it's like a great field. Um, and because I'm so excited about it and because I know the course, I feel like I know what I'm talking about. And I, that's, not going to end well. So I've made like seven bets well already played. on Monday. What's that? Whale play? I have a couple whales. By the way, 11 under a few years ago. Not exactly like a... Not a pushover. Know, which yeah. is interesting because the couple, the first couple of days, it was like soft and wet. And then I was going to say, I don't remember crazy weather either. Yeah. Well, it was, yeah. It was like rainy leading up to it. I don't know what the weather has been, but if it's firm and fast, it, it could be a similar score, I think. Um, oh. Yeah. So Back on normal time, Eastern time. What's How about that? Maybe we'll have shot link. Who knows? Who knows? No, maybe. I'm in. I'm in this week. I'm in, yeah. I'm in on it. I, I need, I might have to just go golf because football is going to go very wrong if I jump back. In. <laughs> you have so, early leans? Yeah, I have a laundry list of, of bets. Oh, okay. Keep it short. Keep it very short. Um, Jordan Spieth seems to have figured out his swing. Uh, if you recall, he won in South Carolina, uh, at Harbortown, very different course, but, um, that creativity I was talking about, there's a 33 to one on speed. I think that's uh, lack of respect there. Also Shane Lowry, uh, at 40 to one at Barstool uh, sports book. I thought that was a lack of respect, obviously just won the BMW. And, uh, you know, what's going to be important this week is keeping in the fairway, like I said, and short game and Lowry's good at both those things. So 40 to one, I thought was good. Same with Terrell Hatton. Had a real bad week last week at the Zozo, but, um, you know, had a second place here last last time. And uh, if I recall, that was like a 64 on Sunday, like real hot finish. Um, what I really like is his Bermuda putting. Um, I, I feel like he'll just have a reset here. He's like first or second in Bermuda putting. Um, so I like Hatton at 40 to one. I thought that was a good number. Um, this one is a tough number and I'm not totally selling you on it, but uh, I'm in on Brian Harmon at 66 to one. So like I said, a bunch of past the victory, like love Rory this week, but Harmon is just going to bore you to death hitting fairways, his irons, his wedges. And then he's a great Bermuda putter. We're in the South. I think Harmon's game's trending up. I saw a 66. I took that. Um, same thing with Russell Henley, same at analysis. Um, and then Kiz 150 to one, like this golf course is 7,700 yards, but you know, if his irons are on, I was on him here last year and he did pretty terrible. And I know he's played this course a bunch, um, but Bermuda, uh, 151 on his coming off the president's cup, a little confidence like that last one before I, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm not going to have any money left in my account this week, but Lucas Glover is at oh 350 God. to one. Now this Lord. is a little inside info. He is sponsored by uh, the group who runs Congaree, who does great things for charity in that area. 
Lucas has that logo on his shirt. So he's played Congaree probably as much as anybody. And like, he's had some results recently. I think it was the FedEx St. Jude. He was like in the mix. So I just think 350 to one in like a 74 person field is just kind of ridiculous. And he puts best on Bermuda. So that's like flyer nation, but there you go. Seven guys, probably all losers, but I feel good about all of them. I like a lot of them. Wow. And now you're saying all these bombs. I mean, you made the analysis and you said, just plug this in for it. You could plug it in for Brendan Todd, I think's down here. Yeah. Uh, depending on how you feel about Harris English, you could plug in the same. Totally. I meant to bet in too. Good call. Um, I'm almost just fell out of my chair seeing uh, Webb Simpson at 150 to one here. That's True. crazy. Is yeah. he here? He was not anymore though. Feeling good apparently. That's right. Was a, he got, came back to the Trey Mullinax. You could plug in that same analysis you mm. said before. A lot of Southern guys. So I like yeah. that. I like a bombs. Our guy Chris Kirk is down here at 150 to one. We know I like to bet on him. So there's a lot of bombs. Keith Mitchell, all, all of that mm. analysis goes for Davis Riley. I think everyone's going to jump off this Davis Riley yeah. train because he was 40 to one these last few weeks. He's down here at 100 to one. That's an interesting one. I'll go with you on Spieth for sure. And the thing you didn't mention was, I mean, the putter returned at the President's Cup. Mm -hmm. He made everything in sight. That was kind of what uh, was holding him back last year, stunningly, Jordan Spieth, the putter. Um, so I kind of like Spieth, like you said, at that 33 to 1 number, shop around. I do like Hatton as well. He played well here a few years ago. He actually played okay on Sunday at Zozo. Didn't uh, had, a, had a bad start. So I do like Hatton. And then, I mean, we're talking Bermuda, we're talking Deep South, we're talking LSU's playing some good football right now. I think Sam Burns is my uh, my play of the week this week. 28 to 1, that's a pretty good number. Great President's Cup, obviously. And uh, all the conditions, location would line up for, for Sam Burns. Yeah. Is LSU playing good football? I know they won last week. They went into the swamp and, and dominated Florida. I know because yeah. I live bet Florida and I was watching that game quite a bit. Those are two so, losing SEC teams. It's still a tough place to play, and they yeah. hung 45 on them. So I uh okay. Now they got Ellis uh Ole Miss this Saturday. So that'll that'll mm. be that'll be a tough gonna like that over. Both yeah. those teams score a ton of and points. I mean if we go back to week one, they, they should have beat Florida State, they missed an extra point, so they should be six and one instead of five and two that, okay. that they are. So, I take that back. I think people are are hating on Brian Kelly a little bit because it's because it's fun to hate on Brian Kelly because he's yeah. a pathetic asshole loser. So <laughs> um, but they're playing good football right now. So Sam Burns. Go Tigers. Very good. Go Tigers. Uh, all right. Finally let's let's wrap it up here. Uh our, our the loop the Met <laughs> updates. I mean obviously I won. It's over. But I, we like to we like to do this. <laughs> Um, I'm in the finals now of the year-long Golf Digest match play. Don't ask me how. One of the all-time road upsets in history, playing Terry Katz at his home course. Of course, I've never seen before. I had to drive over an hour to get there. He's playing music in the cart. I don't do that. Uh, he's got, you know, Pete Nelson as his kind of like caddy buddy. Oh, what a crew. Brother. But he was with his brother, so I would – but anyway, it was all going against me, and um, somehow I won. We both played like crap. Uh, he just – I was trying to give it away, and then he just gave it right back to me at the end. Uh, so I'm into the finals against Greg Snedeker. Steve might be helping us out with the venue. Um, mm. 
to see. We're, we're very excited about that. This is, the, this is the first time in the modern era that they've had this tournament, right, Steve? Yeah. We, yeah. The Golf Digest used to have this. This was a before our time, which is a, a long time ago. Right. Um, but anyway. Yeah, this is a season-long, for those who haven't been following, <clears throat> season-long uh, match play bracket. And so, you know, you schedule your own match. And, yeah, Myers in the finals. This tournament was abandoned before my time because – yeah before your time too before because like they couldn't finish the final because it was like they're still on the ground um so we've gotten here we've gotten to the finals uh which almost happened i my yeah. last match was played august 25th <laughs> and i got into the semis and i had to wait until october 16th <laughs> to play the semis yeah some and people didn't hold up their end of the bargain I've played one of time since then so yeah. not exactly sharp anymore if it was, if we had kept playing in August, done. I would have ran through these people, but uh, we'll see. I, I stink now. I'm, I'm well, you are, you are playing the, I would argue, the sharpest guy the sharpest right guy. now. Yeah. You've, Greg seen him play. You've seen him play. You've been Greg Snedeker, no relation to, to Brand Snedeker. Oh, yes. Uh, I think there is a relation. Cousins. Wait, cousins. Yeah. I thought it was like a running joke that he would say. No, no they're actually cousins. Like, there actually is some potential connection. <laughs> There's an argument to be made. He's playing better golf than, than cousin Brad. I was going to say the same yeah. thing. He's <laughs> he now the best manager. Supposedly almost every day. I mean, the, like, he, the guy never stops playing. Never Much stops more, playing. more power to him. It's golf digest. Not no, when, it is, when it is I told digest. him about, he helped with my, the video, um, the, the transformation video. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to Wisconsin in a couple of weeks. He was like, oh yeah, where are you playing? And I told him my trip and I was all excited. It's like my big trip of the year. It's, you know, four nights he's like oh yeah i'm going there in a week we're staying there for 10 days like, <laughs> are you kidding me this freaking guy so he's everywhere man like you're up against it i'm he's up pounding the ball i mean 50 yards past me i'm not I'm, exaggerating it are you serious wow. yeah that's, that's and i was hitting it really weak again yesterday <laughs> it's crazy because i went to the range last week a couple times and it was the best i've ever hit the ball at the range i knew wow. that spelled disaster but it was like I it was like a joke how well I was hitting the range, but the range doesn't mean anything. So sadly, uh, it's going to be very tough. We we're playing at Yale this week for the big meeting. Mm. Hopefully, I get a rep there. I want to get one other rep in. I don't know how. My parents are coming this weekend, but maybe I'll sneak out somewhere. I don't. I don't know. It's impossible to sneak out anywhere. And then hopefully we'll we'll get the schedule. And of course, you guys will have to hear all about it. But um, yeah, it should be fun. And Steve, you had a good good day as well. Yeah, I mean, this is a late entry for Met Golfer of the Year uh, on yes. the winning shamble no team. Fans, but we'll listen to your case. Winning shamble team at the Superintendent's Revenge uh, hey! closing day. So, you know, a couple shots were used by me. Uh, yeah. Vibes were at an all-time high. Uh, shout out Wachong Valley Golf Club. Um, and our superintendent, Steve, uh, is a goat. Firm is this fast. a new thing? I keep hearing about these revenge superintendents. Yeah, they've always had them, but like I think because they've taken off on social media, like our okay. course, like did all the same things with the rakes and like there's a whole league. What's that? Copycat league social media. Yeah. Um, so you know it was fun. They're like raised cups, and you had to like figure out a way to get the ball like you know above this like little two inch like rim. So some creative things are done. You know, you got to use your noggin a little out there. And uh, yeah, 
There you go. A couple of drives were used, 280 yard drives from your boy. Cause we had a nice. in our group, shout out Pat. We would just hit a 300 and straight pretty much every time. Um, so I was just ripped away a couple of times. We used my drives too. So downwind. Late entry into the Met golf for the year. I, uh, I'm going backwards right now. <laughs> Look, we've all had great seasons. It's, it's nothing, you know, everybody should be very proud of themselves. I just have to have a historic season. Yeah, of course. Of course. But no, I, next year I'll stink and, uh, you know, I'll step aside. It'll be up for grabs. Yeah. But um, yeah, anyway, it, it's been a good year for everybody. Um, all right, good stuff. And then we got this big meeting Wednesday at Yale for people who haven't played Yale. Excited. CP and I have to leave like in an hour. Yeah, 2 a.m., I think. 2 a.m., wake up. But um, and yeah. and we might you know might have game one you know just wow. oh god fingers crossed yeah we'll see we shall see uh, anyway thanks again to Patrick Harrington for joining us thanks always to listening thanks as always to our producer Greg Gottfried uh, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts check back next week see if the Yankees are still in the playoffs. Here's where the match turned. He's winning the 14th hole. I'm butchering it. And we're about 100 yards out. And he looks over. And the next hole is, there's only two par fives, I think. He goes, that's, he goes, that's the railway, the rail, railroad hole. Those tracks are like a magnet. I hit it there every time. I'm like, okay. I was like, I wouldn't have even noticed it. <laughs> Get to the tee, because he won the hole. Boop, out of bounds. <laughs> out of bounds he almost kills a deer <laughs> with an it i aim way left i just hit it into the trees but i don't care i was like i'm hitting it in play right he just concedes the hole <laughs> oh so i take a one-up lead that's how oh. bad it was